Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. Orr fights to keep it in. Does. Has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door. Shot. Score! Ray Bork. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. It's loose, and Bergeron scores! Patrice Bergeron! Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 57 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, joined, as always, by Court Lalonde and Rob Tomlin. Gentlemen, how we doing? I, I'm good, all stress aside, through the internet, <laughs> this lovely invention that we all use. Uh, it's it's good. How's, how's court? I am good as well. Um, it was great to have hockey technically over the weekend. We didn't get to see it being played, but uh, the fact that the whole weekend was based around hockey was, uh, was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, the events last week for the Boston Bruins, um, the expansion draft, um, uh, the awards, uh, and, and the entry draft. We're all going to get into later on, but I want to take this time to um, show appreciation for <coughs> today's show sponsor, uh, Sauce Toss Hockey. Um, I, I really got to tell you about this game. I bought it like five weeks ago, and uh, every time the sun's out, I have to get out and play this game. I don't care if it's by myself or not. It, if you guys don't know what Sauce Sauce is, it's um, it's a it's a game that's very similar to horseshoes and um, cornhole. I'm not sure if you guys know, you know, those games being outside of the country, but um, it it's it's about hockey. 
and and it's not just a game. You can use this as a as a training tool. I mean, even as a 41 year old hack, I go out, spread them apart 28 feet. I do some um, stick handling drills, and then I run to the next one. I'll do some stick handling drills for like 40 or 50 steps. So it, I mean, it does a lot of different purposes, but it's also great family fun. Um, I highly suggest you guys go get one. I have the Elite Edition, and I the construction is absolutely amazing. They really did a great job designing this, and it's real durable. So um, definitely check those guys out. And again, we thank them for their, their sponsorship. They've been really good with uh, uh, discussion, and their customer service and shipping is unbelievable. So uh, check them out. You can follow them on Twitter, at Sauce Toss Hockey. Uh, you can follow them on Facebook, at Sauce Toss Hockey. And you can also go to the World Wide Web at www.saucetoss.com. Uh, definitely go and check out their website. And they also have a lot of other great... There's that interference. But, again, we thank Sauce Toss for coming aboard. And uh, let's talk some uh, bees hockey, huh? So, last week on Wednesday, the, uh, the awards um, it were in Las Las Vegas, and the expansion draft was uh, also at the same time. Um, the biggest unkept secret in NHL history when they, they say that we're not going to let anybody know what the teams are, and all the lists got let out early. Right. Pretty much the pecs got let out, let out early. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought, I thought it was a, a very well-done kind of procedure that they did. They incorporated the draft and the award, so um, the biggest thing of the night was um, – Patrice Bergeron uh, winning a, his fourth and tying a record uh, with Bob Gainey for uh, four Selkie Awards. That was did you see, you see the cold shoulder? I did. Or I don't know whether it was – I don't know. People are saying that it looks like I, – I, I looked at the video. I, don't, I honestly don't think he saw him, but it just yeah, happened. It did, there is, there's no way he saw him. Yeah. He wasn't even looking in his direction yeah, when I he got up. Was, I think he was fixing his tie in his suit, so – I it guarantee wasn't. those guys don't feel no. feel bad feelings towards Peter Turrell. Yeah. There is no chance they do. Yeah. <clears throat> and by the way, if if I leave this call for anything, I'm not leaving. I'm muting my mic if there's any interference. Okay. So no problem. Just try and keep the show a bit flowing. Up, but um, yeah, it it was um, it was definitely just a like oops, didn't didn't get there and. I think everyone's blown it out of proportions. So it's a funny but, video, and I'm sure we're oh, going to yeah. see it many, many, many more times this year. But I, I just I, I felt a bit bad because that seemed to overshadow the whole thing of Bergeron getting his fourth. That is that is crazy, right? And in this this era of hockey as well, it still should be his fifth. I, I really feel last year it was like, oh, let's just give Kopitar one. I, it never made any sense. Well, it's almost it, like Dowdy it, with the Enoris, too. Yeah, yeah and like, and Carlson doesn't get the... Oh, mind-boggling. Yeah, that was mind crazy. Boggling. They say but, Carlson can't have it last year because they don't want to give it based on points, and then they give it to Brad Burns. Right. Um, the sad part about this whole thing and uh, the events on Wednesday night is, and to me, I'm not going to be that, that Bruins fan that's going to rant and say he's pissed off, but... Uh, the loss of Colin Miller was uh, a bit shocking to me, but uh, that's how business goes. Uh, he went to Vegas. 
Uh, and, you know, good luck to him. Uh, hopefully he gets a, um, a, a good start. And, you know, and, and in my opinion, I hate saying this, but hopefully he comes back and uh, shows the Bruins that they made a huge mistake. Yeah, do you really think it was shocking? Because, I don't know, like, I, I, well, I wrote my article thinking it was going to happen. And right. I, I, it seemed like a, uh, a uh, definitely going to happen. As soon as the playoffs were over, it was, okay, Colin Miller's gone. There was no doubt yeah. who the defenseman was going to be. Um, I thought, thought for sure he was going to get traded to Toronto because, you know, when, when the insiders yeah, like McKenzie or, Fried, McKenzie or Friedman say it, it usually does happen. But uh, obviously Toronto realized um, they were having to give up too much for an unproven defenseman that has a hard time hitting the net sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, uh, my assessment of Miller is he's got all the tools. Uh, he's got he's, He can skate, he can shoot, he can pass. I mean, his transition game is impressive, but for me personally, he needed a lot of work in the defensive part of uh, of the ice. And you know, he's a young kid; he's 24 years old. I mean, he'll get it. And, you know, maybe. And I like I say this a lot about other players on the Bruins that maybe they'll have a better chance in another franchise. So. Yeah, and the the main thing is he just he got passed on the depth chart by too many defensemen. Yeah. And. I mean, you can either bury that guy as a seventh defenseman, give him no playing time, or or he can be a benefit to another team. And a lot of teams won't just hold a guy back. They'd rather that guy had a career than blame Boston for not having a career. Right. You and people need, he's, I'm sorry. If you, if you bury him as a seventh defenseman, when it comes to re-signing, the guy's not going to re-sign. So you're going to lose him anyway. Yeah, because it's based on playing time. If he's not getting the time that he that he thinks he deserves, he's going to want to move on so he can seek that time. And Yeah. And I said to a lot of fans that were worrying about it, who played better with guys like uh, Carlo and McAvoy last season? And you saw it, and it was Kevin. Yeah. He, he was outstanding in the playoffs with McAvoy. That looked like a first pairing on an NHL team. And it's Kevin Miller who you're paying two and a half million for, and he was playing better than Chara, who you're playing seven million for. Mm-hmm. So, and, and people should have realized that even if they didn't choose him, and say, say you know, craziness happened and they take Malcolm Subban, and I'm I'm sure that's what Sweeney wanted, but I'm sure he knew Colin Miller was the guy that was going to get taken, and I'm sure that Sweeney tried to move him. Even yeah. Colin Miller wouldn't be the guy playing this year. Colin Miller would be last year's Joe Morrow. He'd be the guy sitting up in the press box every single night. Yeah. watching the players and just getting on the bus with the guys, practicing with the guys and not playing because, as Rob said, he has no room on this team now in the death chart. With Mac, Once McAvoy, Sean, you know, bye-bye Colin Miller. Yeah, yeah. And, and and Andrew Thompson, friend of the show and writer at blackandgoldhockeyblog.com, uh, called that in, in an article that he wrote for us um, back on, I think it was May 1st or May 2nd, and, and well-written article and... A month later, even a month and a, and a half later, uh, you know, it came to fruition. So the thing, the thing is, as well, I still feel that Malcolm Subban holds more in a trade deal than Colin Miller did, because yeah. we've seen how players have acted when they've had that potential, and it's not worked out at the first team they've gone to, but they've gone to another team and it works out perfectly. Right. It's Sam Gagne. For example, yeah. look at him in Columbus. Yeah. 600k deal because he failed to amaze people in Edmonton, and he played like a 
six million dollar center. Yeah, and he had, I believe he had a career year, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look at last year when we lost Seth Griffith. Fans were getting mad. Um, he went to Toronto, then back to Florida, then back to Toronto, <laughs> and, and he's not—he's he, not playing. And it, the funny part was, he was part of the rumor deal to to go to Vegas for Colin Miller, right? Which was, you know, was kind of oh, hilarious. The funny thing was, people said, "Oh, Boston are the stupidest team ever." They waived um, Seth Griffith, and then Toronto waived him, and then Florida waived him again, like. <laughs> What, so the three stupidest teams in the league? I don't think so. That was just a case of he, he wasn't ready. And right. and not even that. People need to realize this conversation is, I'm hoping, the last time we speak of it, unless Colin Miller starts playing well next year. But by this time next year, no one's going to care. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a flash, it's a flash in the pan argument. People have to complain about something. And... I mean, if Subban had gone, people would have complained, even though they wanted him gone. Right. You were going to lose a player. No matter what you did, you were going to lose a player. I even saw an article today that was, uh, should the Bruins have um, let David Krejci be exposed? Why would you let David Krejci, your best point-producing player in the playoffs, which is what you're hoping to go back to, why would you let him walk for free? Right. That guy, that guy. Get, if if Travis Hamanick gets someone a first and two seconds, David Krejci would get you eight firsts <laughs> if that's the case. Right. Because David Krejci is a first line center on any NHL team, regardless of popular well, opinion. Besides Pittsburgh and yeah, Chicago. So many people. Yeah, cr- but at the same time, you don't no, have a crybaby. Oh, you yeah. don't have a crybaby like in Pittsburgh. Like well, David Cre- uh, David Krejci gets hit. He doesn't go over to the media and go, oh, this happened and I dived on the floor and blah, blah, blah. No, he just gets on with it. That's the good thing about Boston but, players. But that crybaby is the best in the league, so let's leave the crybaby alone. <laughs> he is for the next two years and then... Yeah, well, Conor McDavid and him, you know, they're the best. Yeah. So... Um... Well, I was talking about McAvoy, but okay. <laughs> um... I wasn't even putting him in the conversation. Let's not let's not super hype the kid. <laughs> uh, oh, go, I'm ready to. Going back to the expansion draft, um, what what did you guys see when that team was being constructed? Because and, and I'll go first in, in this question. Um, I, I think that they're going to be competitive. I'm not saying they're going to be a Stanley Cup contender or anything like that, but I'll tell you something right now, and I've said it a lot on Twitter when people ask me – they're not going to make it easy on you. I think every all 20 or 30 teams now in the league are not going to have an easy time against them. Uh, it seems like they're very structured around making a name for themselves in the phys- uh, physicality uh, department. But yeah. I almost thought they were like a garbage truck on fire. I was so confused. If you're George McPhee, uh, who's you know a veteran GM, he lets pa- he passes up on guys from Minnesota for what a second round draft pick and this young kid yeah like come on now these these defensemen are he could have got two first rounders for some of these guys and then he passes up on Vatnin. he gets his picks and I, I saw like cody glass good pick he picked up but i'm so confused looking at this team he could have built one of one of one of the strongest defenses in the league just by the expansion yeah. draft and then he goes um, out and who's going to score goals for this team yeah that's because oh, well, i don't think there's Jonathan Marshall, who was a 30-goal scorer. On Florida, and he was a nothing-goal scorer on Tampa. And then you got James Neal, who's, you know, 
he's a good hockey player, but he's going to need someone to pass him the puck. Right. Yeah, but that's what they got. Uh, what's his name? Vladim exactly. Shipachov. For yeah, us. exactly. What's what's his name? Yeah. yeah. Well, sh- no, it is Shipachov. I was just trying to remember because they're after Dadanov and a couple of other KHLers as well. So, and they all sound the same. That's not being racist. Russian names are all the same. Don't don't get angry. Um, no, but the way that they drafted was they wanted guys that they could get for picks for. But it was actually interesting to me because the way I look at it is they got a lot of locker room guys that could help them come free agency time. Mm-hmm. Because a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury has always been the funniest guy in the locker room in Pittsburgh. He's always had a laugh. He's always took it on the chin whenever he's been benched. Yeah. Like, the, you get guys like that. You get guys like James Neal, who is a locker room guy as well. Um, and then you, you pick a few other veterans, and then you get a, a few kids. You flip a few of them for picks, and then when free agency comes, you go, oh, remember that guy you were friends with back on your old team? Well, he's here, so why don't you come? It I'm makes pre- sense. David Poyle looked non too happy that uh, James Neal got picked, and he tried it. But if you go back into it, do you know who David Poyle fired? No, George McPhee. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> back in the day, I, someone was telling me that. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So if you're someone was McPhee, someone was saying that they'd uh, they tried to make a trade to protect yes. him as well, and yeah, they, they got rejected. Yeah, it it was like first rounders for, uh, I think the apparent the the so called trade one of them was two first round picks, to protect four or five players and they got rejected. Yeah, so that would make sense that that's kind of a big middle finger back well, to the guy. But back to Boston, I'm glad that Sweeney gave up zero draft picks to protect Colin Miller. Yeah, I really I'm am. Still, I'm still wondering how Vegas got our fifth round pick. Like, does anyone know this? Cause... Well, if they selected Colin Miller, then that's their pick. They, they don't have to yeah. give up a fifth to yeah. but make that Yeah, but they've somehow happen. got... I know. Yeah, but they've somehow got Boston's fifth round pick. I don't know where they got it yeah, from. I saw but... your tweet, and I, couldn't, I, I did some research, and I couldn't figure it out myself. But yeah. it's be I, I... So this year or next year? Uh, this, this yeah, this year, yeah. Because when, when the draft came along, someone someone had tweeted out, "Why don't Boston have a fifth? And I was going to reply, but I was too busy moving house. So, right. um, but I have a feeling that that was part of the uh, the Lee Stempniak trade. So it? pick traded away on February 29th, two thousand sixteen. Click for full details. There you go. We'll see. Oh. That's how we got our own Jesse Blake. Yeah, so it was <laughs> traded Blake. for. We so it was it was John Michael's deal. Oh, okay. John Michael Isles. There yeah. you go. See, I thought on CapFriendly.com, I thought I saw that. That's what I'm on. Pick highlighted. You know how it's shadowed right now. Yeah. 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 I, so I, if you I, click on it, it's it's so we traded. We got John Michael Miles, and we traded Anthony Chimera. Um, technically a third-round pick, which turned into Jack LaFontaine, um, and a fifth-round pick, which turned into Jack Dugan, who went to Las Vegas. Huh. There you go. <clears throat> Thank you, Court, uh, with your amazing laptop skills. 
<laughs> exactly. I, was gonna say. I love it. It's definitely I did nothing. Um, real quick on the on the Vegas thing, I didn't have time to to research this, but um, they, and I know it doesn't really matter until at least forty eight hours before the two thousand seventeen eighteen season starts, but um, are they even at the seal at, at the floor salary cap floor? No. Okay, I didn't think so. So they're, uh, apparently they're two million below. Okay. Well, hold on. But but that's just they are you. right now projected cap hit is seventy one million. Oh, I thought it was below. No, their uh, today's cap hit right now is seventy one million. Their current cap space is just just under four million. So they're three, uh, three million seventy nine seven nine nine. I thought oh. they were way below the cap floor. Well, no, I'm just looking because they got Clarkson right, so that's five point. Oh. Yeah, that's so right, right now, because you remember how it works for long-term injury guys. So he'll hit yeah. the cap now, and as soon as the season starts, that yeah. five million Grabowski yeah. will come LTIR. off. Yeah, yeah so yeah. ten ten million is going to come off the cap as soon as the season starts, because Riley yeah. Smith is five million a year. Um, that is crazy. How how did Florida's GM is a genius? So twenty twenty one, but Dale Talon is a genius. Yeah, he is. Did you see the? Uh, How the hell did he get them to? T- I know they got a thirty-goal scorer, but they could have picked him and done nothing about it. Right. Well, I, I don't get why they took that contract on. Speaking what of Riley think? Smith, did, did you guys see that the Bruins? Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. I, I oh, just tried to trade. <laughs> they tried yeah. to trade. I doubt it. Jimmy Hayes to Florida for Riley Smith. Yeah, you think that I was think a, that you, was. A, yeah. I think it was a writer's joke. Okay. Yeah. All right. It seemed like one of them, like, is it Pete Blackburn? The uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah I, I think that was mainly like a Pete Blackburn type joke. Okay. He's probably said it to someone and someone's tweeted it out. It seems like him, <laughs> something he'd say anyway. Now, looking um, at this Vegas team, they're almost, I would say, 70% of their players are unrestricted free agents at the end of this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus, so, the, the, the thing is, these guys... Are going to be good in. I, I don't see him contending for the playoffs next year, but two or three years down the line, if they keep bringing in KHL talent, yeah. they're going to be good. Like, if they get Danov now this season, that defense core looks a lot better than it did. Well, their their owner thinks they're going to make the Stanley Cup Finals in six years, so I think he's been drinking the uh, the Jacobs Kool Aid a little too much. <laughs> yeah, like I was telling you earlier, we had one say that. <laughs> um, I, I I believe they'll get into the playoffs over the next couple of years, oh, yeah. and they'll stay around that mark. They'll be a fringe playoff team within two, uh, three, four years. I'd I'd say they with def- the way that they look, they definitely have the capabilities to be one of the better uh, expansion franchises. Um, in history, but uh, it all remains to be seen. Yeah, um, but if, they, if they're not the best franchise team in history, then they've made the worst decisions ever because they have the chance of being extremely good. Yeah. You know what they'll be? They'll be the best Las Vegas franchise in history. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. They'll move to Seattle in two years. I love so your sarcasm, Court. And in 2019, if it's a good year, they have a ton of draft picks. Oh, oh my imagine. goodness. Uh, also, uh, d- during that time on Wednesday, the uh, 2017-18 Boston Bruins schedule was released. Um, that's an exciting thing for me. But uh, looking at the schedule, I was 
kind of disappointed with no World Cup this year. Uh, I don't believe there's a there's a Olympics a week long break, and nope. there's no Olympics. That the Bruins still are going on the trend of averaging fourteen back to back games. Not, not even that. If they're doing a, the last eleven of their the last fourteen games. Eleven of them are on the road. Yeah. Well, well, if you guys remember, remember last season, the last same scenario court, they were all home games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I found that weird that you know towards the end of the season last year they were home a lot, which was scary because we were you know really fighting for that well, playoff spot. In in January they play in a two week span. They play the Penguins. And the Habs three times. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks span. They play Pittsburgh at the beginning of the week. They have the whole week off, so that's their bye week. Then they play Montreal, Dallas, Montreal. Then they play a back-to-back, so they play the Islanders the next day. Then Montreal again, three times in one week. But the good news is I doubt Radulov's coming back, and the Habs just traded away their, all their defense. So yeah. I, have, I have a great feeling that we're going to get to boo them and make fun of them all year. Yeah. And... I, the the rumors are that they've shedded a lot of cap to try and fit Shattenkirk in. Correct. Which yeah. isn't isn't going to happen because. So do the Rangers. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling that he's going to the Rangers. He's he's a huge New York fan. Like all the teams in New York, I have a feeling he's going there. And and if he doesn't, I'm sure Las Vegas will be offering a lot of money. So, I mean. You have Dadanov and then Shattenkirk on the other side of him. That's that's quite and, crazy. And then in March, I'm looking at the schedule of the week that I want to come to Boston. So they play the <coughs> Red Wings on the Tuesday, the Flyers on the Thursday, and the Blackhawks on the on the Saturday at home for an afternoon game. The next day, they fly to Chicago. They play them for an afternoon game. Yeah. They have a day off. They play Carolina. A day off. They play Florida. A day off. They play Tampa. They play... Eight games in a two-week span. Yeah, crazy. That's nuts. Prepare for injuries. That's the main thing. They better have... With all the players that they're talking about that are going to be depth players this year, they need to step up big time. March. In the total month of March, they only have... Oh, my God. They're playing more than 50% of the... Oh, wow. Yeah. They have... It's just day off game, day off game, day off game, day off game. It's like a playoff schedule. (laughs) Yeah. That's disgusting. But the good news is they're only playing... Well, they play the Blackhawks. The good news is seasons like this feel a lot longer than seasons that are more spread out, I think, at least. Like, you you get that major hockey thing where you watch it one day, next day you have it off, next day you're on again, next day you have it off. That's the kind of hockey I like. But it's it's going to be it like this season's just going to be weird like the amount that players are going for in trades is unreal um yeah we know so this, oh and there's rob um mark there's even a week in december that they have they play every day except two in a 7 day span wow come on wow all right well enough with the the schedule schedule misery i mean the one thing that pisses me off is the, the the bruins play montreal four times in a year they play all the division teams four times i believe that's still right right 
Yeah, so we got to play the Leafs. We do a back-to-back against the Leafs. I'm gonna have to go to that game in November. But to to be playing three of those games in in a week span or eleven day, twelve day span, I, I find that kind of ridiculous. I mean, as much as I'm gonna love it, and hopefully the Bruins kick kick the head's ass, but you know, we'll see what. It's happens. actually nice. Well, you think about it, it's what a half an hour flight, so that's not that bad. Right. Uh, but the season we start off, it's so weird. Why is it we always start off like? I, whoever creates the schedule, if you're creating the schedule and you want to create something like to kick the season off, the Leafs usually always play the, the Montreal Canadiens yeah. or the Ottawa Senators. But the Bruins start off Nashville, Colorado, Colorado, Phoenix, Las Vegas. What? Yeah, right. Well, you've got three quite easy wins there with um, Arizona. Four. Vegas is in there, too. Well, yeah, but... At the same yeah, time, yeah. you're going in against a team that you have no clue what they're going to be like. Yeah, you got nothing on. So, that, yeah, that's like, kind I, of I scary. Mm, I, I'm going yeah, to say it all year. They have how no, how like, many teams did we come up against last year that were struggling to score that lit us up? Yeah. Well, no, that's that happens every year against Carolina. But we like teams broke losing streaks against the Bruins last year. We were the team that everyone liked to play when they were on a losing streak. Last year, for some reason, for the last two years, anytime I, I joke to my wife, anytime you watch the Bruins play the Colorado Avalanche or the Carolina Hurricanes, for some reason we decide not to play hockey anymore. Yeah. We decide when we play Colorado, if Matt Duchesne gets traded, it's going to be like the greatest thing for the Boston Bruins franchise because he is a Bruins killer. Right. Yeah. He lit us up last year. Uh, speaking of scoring, uh, how do you guys feel about the new jerseys? Adidas came out with um, a new line of uh, athletic wear for the hockey folk, and um, I I don't mind I, as long as they didn't mess with the V. I, I'm I'm okay yeah. with it. I think you should call it the hockey folk elite for the cost of these things because you can't. Uh, yeah. The way they're going to do it is you can either go fanatics, which you know, God love them. But uh, being a Canadian, God hate them because they don't change their pricing on their webpage and they gouge the, the Canadian public to get the product. Um, they have their own jersey, the cheapie. Supposedly it's a cheapie is an understatement to describe it. And then you have the Adidas jersey, which is the fighting strap, expensive as sin. Mm-hmm. And you can only right now, from what I'm looking on the internet, the only place you can get them is the Boston Bruins Pro Shop. Oh, wow. But well, I think they look sharp. Yeah, I they do brighten out the name and the number a little bit to me. Yep. I mean, so it's it really is, it really wasn't that bad. I really thought that this was going to be a lot different. I thought there was going to be some major changes, but I'm glad that they stuck with the, you know, original. Um, Suppose these light players for our European listeners, we are we are just going to get shafted because the shipping that it costs is. Just goes up, just because it's got Adidas on it, right? Um, I I just I don't get the whole jersey manufacturer change. I, I don't understand it. I know it's more money coming to the NHL, but at the same, same time, company. If, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But they're sticking. What I I just don't get. Like you put the Adidas logo on the back, and then people are talking about, oh, should there be sponsorships on jerseys and blah blah blah. Oh no. Like, have you have you ever watched European hockey? It's the worst thing ever. Oh yeah. You just see sponsorship flags flying around the ice. It's you can't a, even tell it's a jersey. A moving billboard. 
Yeah, it, and then the ice is even worse. So, I mean, I, I think they should just stick how it is now. Everyone should get the, the jersey, what it looks like, and just stick with it for 10 years. Then it doesn't matter if you bought one last season, it looks exactly the same. That's how they make the money, is just by changing one tiny little bit and then going, oh, it's totally different to last year, so we're going to charge you an extra $90. <laughs> okay. I've still got my Blake Wheeler one from <laughs> the Winter Classic, so yeah. I'm happy with that. I'll stick with that. Nice. Um, yeah, that's a great jersey, too, by the way. I love that one. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite. I, I, I bought that. I've got two others that I barely ever wear. It's always the Wheeler one that comes out the, out the uh, side. Um, not for ones related, but I wanted to bring this up anyway because I found it very interesting. Um, Anders Bjork played for the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, for the last three seasons. And one of his best friends, Cal Peterson, uh, goaltender, uh, selected by Buffalo, uh, found it very weird that both players said they were going pro on the same day. Bjork signed a three-year entry-level deal. But Cal, a day ago, or two days now, refused to sign with the team and, and wants to be a free agent. Now, I'm just hypothetically speaking here, okay? But since they have friends, and they're really good friends, would you take a chance at trying to get a goaltender like this well, I'm, lo I'm looking at his record right now. It's 2.2 uh, goals against average, 0.926 save percentage, 23 wins, 12 losses, 5 times. That's a pretty good record in 40 games, the Fighting I watched, Irish. I watched a lot of uh, Notre Dame games this year. and I mean, there's only like 30 of them, so I probably watched, mm, I want to say 12. And every one of them, I was absolutely um, impressed with how he plays, his lateral movements, uh, squares to the puck. Uh, his his athleticism is is, is is impressive to watch. I mean, it, I, I like I said, I don't like speculating, but we still need a goaltender. I don't I don't care. We did take one in this draft. We're gonna talk about it later. But you know, with him being friends, it might be an attractive thing for the Bruins to uh, to explore. Yeah, I, and and you're gonna need a replacement in the ECHL because. Vladar's probably going to be the backup in the AHL next season. Right. So, I mean, if he wants starting time for a team who's going to play north of 60 games, then I think, especially if you've got a friend on the roster, it, it's a good chance for him. Yeah. And, and a team that's desperately needing a backup goaltender in the future. Yep. So... And to refill our uh, our goaltenders, we, we desperately need uh, a refill of the cupboard. And if I was the Buffalo Sabers, I'd be wondering what's going on because this is VZ uh, wouldn't sign, and now this kid's not signing. Well, that also, I mean, and again, not to get off off topic with the Buffalo talk, but the the Buffalo Sabers did take uh, the the highest ranked uh, European goaltender. And, and yeah, so they know he was coming back. And I, I, I'm sorry, listeners, I cannot say this guy's name. Rob, can you help us out? Who is it? I don't know. He's a Finnish guy. He's really tall. <laughs> he's he's it's really not good. That Lekkonen. Yeah, yeah. No, is that from last year? No, Lekkonen. 
No, it's Lukanen. Yuko Pekka Lukanen. That's it. Nice job, Court. There was a guy last year called Lekanen or Lektanen. He was a goaltender as well. So I can't remember. I I didn't do much on the way of scouting goaltenders past the second round or first round. It was mainly Ottinger, Di Pietro that I looked at. They were the two. And segue, Mark, speaking of hard names to pronounce, Yurho Vakanainen. You did it. I did it. Did you get, did you use the Bruin Snapchat for that one? No, I've been, uh, I I, I purposely retweeted Don Sweeney announcing the pick, and then I've been listening to it so I can say it properly. (laughs) There you go. Also, he did play that before the show started. It was hilarious. (laughs) If you need to, you can always go on Elite Prospects, and, and they have a little thing next to the name where yeah. you can click it, and it tells you exactly how to say it. Yep, that is a godsend for when you're looking at European players. I love but as that I, website. I said to Mark, I said to Mark before the show when we were talking, I said, "The the guy that writes the jerseys for the Bruins, the stitcher, he's going to be like, you got to be kidding me." So he's got we got JFK, Vakanainen, <laughs> like these these names are just like falling off the jerseys. Like, so. So what did Carlson have on? Uh, well, JFK have on the back of his jersey this season for his back of Carlson. Yeah, with yeah. a hyphen in the middle. Yeah. Ah, because oh, yeah. see that game was a game where I was away with work, so I didn't see that game. That, you didn't uh, miss much. You, the you first game that he played. I, I know. I got told that, but at the same time, from a few people that I trust with, like how players are playing. They also said he didn't do that bad a job. It was kind of a Adam McQuaid silent but deadly type thing. Like he had, he he could have done stuff, but he just, he he looked nervous. And I'm not surprised your first game in the NHL, you're going to be just shaking like mad getting off the bench. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I can't wait to see this season what some of these guys we're talking about are going to do. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Um, uh, I'm out of show notes. Does anybody else uh, have anything they want to talk about or an article that they read recently that, that sparked some interest? Well, we haven't talked about the second round pick. Well, we haven't really talked about any of the picks. That's yeah. why I tried to do the segue there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's what you were doing? Yeah, I was trying to segue it. All right, let's then let's do it. Um, if we can think about anything after, we can talk about it after. But um, the 2017 NHL entry draft was uh, the two-day event. First round was on Friday night, and uh, rounds two through seven were on Saturday. And I was uh, locked in my office both days, and uh, I, I thought the draft went pretty good. Um, like I, I don't like using this word, but I mean a lot of um, big writers have been known to say that this is a weak or non-generational draft, but I still find value uh, in a lot of these kids. But um, it was interesting the way that the Bruins went, and I, and I wrote an article about my favorite two picks. Um, and, of course, they, I, I can never hit any of these drafts with my selections, but that's why I'm behind the computer and they are behind closed doors. But... Um, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of Bruins fans were, were, were wondering the same thing. Uh, frustration came in, of course. Um, you know, I, I call it the Trent Frederick syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as he got picked with 29, uh, Bruins Nation just flipped out. But 
Uh, or taking Zach Shinishin over Matt Barzal. Yeah. I, I just... Uh, right. oh, You're never going to get rid of it, so... No. Um, the Bruins but we have... haven't seen Shinishin. <laughs> all, all I'm saying, Rob, is Barzal looks pretty good. It's the only one. I was saying to someone the other day, there's two Four picks. Eagles from Shinishin. Yep. Yeah. Two looks pretty damn good. Oh, Darth Vader's gone. Watch him skate. It's it's unreal. The uh, the Bruins had six selections. They had a first round. They had Edmondson second for the a compensation for Peter Chiarelli. Uh No third. They had a fourth round. No fifth. A sixth round and two sevenths. Um, first round uh, with the 18th pick, they picked Euro Vekanen. I probably hacked that, but uh, you did. Yeah. He's a 6'1 defenseman, 188 pounds. Uh, he played for the JVP League in Finland. Uh, he the was, Finnish Elite League. Yep. Yeah, he was ranked number eight in the European skaters. And I found that very interesting of his ranking uh, because those rankings are not just defensemen. There are uh, forward skaters involved in those rankings too. So uh, the guy's got wheels. There's no doubt about it. Um, but he's not going to give you a ton of points. He's going to be one of those stay-at-home defensemen, smart kind of guy. Um, and, he, you know, he, he's a good player with good mobility, but um, and he has the, he can jump into the play. Uh, he had two goals in 41 games last season with his JVP team. And a scouting report from uh, Gorham Stubb, a solid, safe defenseman, good uh, passer and playmaker. With high IQ of the game, um, not flashy but effective. Do you know what I saw about him from a few uh, European scouts? Is that he has the first pass of a certain Victor Hedman? Oof. Yeah, if you if you can get that guy somewhere on your NHL team, and if he can pass like Hedman can from his own zone to the far blue line, yeah. That's a good talent to have, especially as a young kid. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. He also, um, he, he's, you know how we were talking about um, how McAvoy will jump into the rush, but if he realizes it's a problem, he'll come back mm-hmm. as fast as he can. This guy does exactly the same thing. He'll jump into the rush. He'll let his players know that he needs to be covered, and then he'll jump back as soon as there's a problem, just to cover his own ass. So, this this guy looks good, but at the same time, this is a guy who is eligible for the AHL next season, uh, eligible for ECHL. I mean, we can keep him close to home. He could even play with the Bruins next season for the beginning, but I doubt it very much. Um, but... He looks like a good prospect that you can mould into someone. He caught about the power play for his uh, Finnish elite team. So, well, he was the second for for the the World Juniors. He was second in the ice time. Um, for what I was reading into him, because I was getting a little hyped, and then I was looking at some other scouts' notes on him. So he kind of, from what they're saying, he regressed. Um, and his hockey IQ was something that he needs to work on. Now, as Mark was saying, um, his skating is is top notch, which which is the good news. Hockey IQ can be taught. Um, he's a two way defender with a little bit of offensive upside. My thought is 
Um, he's a safe pick, and there's nothing wrong with the safe pick, but uh, he would probably stay in Europe, especially since um, he would then be able to play in the World Junior Championship, and he would also be able to play for the Olympics if he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. So it would be more experience for him. He could, Even if he came over, he could go back, but I would assume they would leave him playing in Europe because the the national team's going to want him to do that. Yeah. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I, I did in my research. I was doing some reading about this kid, um, and in his league, do they use NHL standard ice? No. No. Um, they um, use European. All right. Ice. Then one of these prospects, I was reading about, they, he's he's playing on regular ice. It's not international. I have a feeling. It could that be us. No, I have a feeling that is Victor Bergman. Okay, all right. Is it... But he's in. But Bergman plays in the Swedish Elite League. Yeah, they but... play in yeah. The I, I'll I'll try to tweet uh... that article out that I read, and it was actually from a guy that you know is is well known. I'm not totally sure. I think I bookmarked it, so I'll get it to you. But I mean, if that if that's true or not, um, you know, the transition won't be that bad from the bigger ice. No, I I think he's going to be a good defenseman, but yeah. you know, I, I was talking to you about it uh, yesterday, Mark, and I, I said my just just from what I'm reading, I could see him as a, a second pairing left shot defenseman, um, stay at home, which is nothing to uh, it's it's something every team wants. So it's he's not going to be the flashy guy like McAvoy. Um, he's a safe pick, yep. and it, this year's whole draft, when you look at the way the Bruins pick, they pick safe. So. Sweeney hasn't let me down yet, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him do his job because uh, I'm sure he's a hundred times better than than I am. <laughs> um, but I will be that armchair GM every now going. You should have took Rob Thomas, Thomas, but uh, it is what it is. Right. You nearly you said me. you should have drafted me then, didn't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I just wanted to do all these Matchbox Twenty jokes if they would have took Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. You know. <laughs> So many good jokes. Uh, the Bruins have passed over me for many years now. I don't <laughs> think I'm ever getting drafted. No, I don't think so. All right, in the mm. second round, uh, at number 53, uh, the Bruins select Jack Studnika. Studnika. Yep, and uh, he's a center. He's a six feet flat, 171 pound. Uh, he plays for the Oshawa Generals in the OHL. Uh, he And... NHL Central Scouting for North American uh, players ranked him at 120. Uh, HockeyProspects.com ranked him at 73, and Future Considerations ranked him at 65. Um, but the Hockey News actually ranked him higher. Higher than what? Uh, oh, way higher. Um, I had him at. Uh, he's at ranked 55. This was a week before the draft. Um, they had him at 6-1, but it is what it is. I always find a difference between elite prospects and. The Hockey News, but Hockey News had him rated at uh, 55. And oh. they were saying that he's a great two-way player uh, that scouts thought would, might uh, be a steal in the draft. Well, he, play, he plays a Bergeron-type game. So. And he put on a, uh, a show for Team Canada in the World Under-18 uh, under tournament. He played very well and played extremely well for Oshawa in the playoffs. And uh, the big, big thing on him is that he can uh, play in big games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and as I said to you, Mark, uh, my dad's got season tickets to the Oshawa Generals, and I'm about uh, a 40-minute drive. I'm going to check this kid out a lot. Scouting mission. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited. He was the he, when he, as soon as he got picked and they said Oshawa Generals, I'm like, oh my god, a kid I get to watch. Right. And it's uh, only going to. He isn't he the second line center for Oshawa at the moment? Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. I have a feeling um, the first McKenzie, line center. Mackenzie Entwistle is the uh, is the first line. Yep. Is he not going to be leaving next year? Because yes. yeah, if, he because be the first if, line. yeah. So I mean. Like, it seems like the Bruins seem to pick guys that are about to take on first-line minutes for the rest of the junior career because it seems like every player for however long I can remember has always been either a top-four defenseman or a second-line player for a Canadian team, and then all of a sudden, like, they get picked up and then they're a first-line player for two more years. this kid is well... uh... He has been already been invited to uh, the World Junior Camp that's happening right now. Well, sorry, a couple weeks ago. Um, which, if he makes the team, that also means he could be playing for Canada um, for the Olympics. He also was coached by uh, Tory Krug's father. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so that. Uh, the uh, the 18-year-old just completed his uh, second full season with Ottawa, contributing 78 points in 126 career games. Uh, last season was uh, obviously his best, um, scoring 18 goals, 34 assists, and 52 points. So, um, to me, I mean, I believe he's going to be a decent player. I'm not going to project on where he's going to land in any of the, the minor pro levels, but, um, you know, he's a, a solid addition to the to the center um, depth. And He can uh, also play any position. Yeah, yeah, like we said earlier, he's versatile on, on both sides, so... Um, you know, those guys those guys saw something in them that um, obviously I didn't see, but, you know, I'm a little biased because of my picks. But And the, hey. sec- and the second pick, I really wanted them to take a goalie, but whatever. Same here. But if the kid's, kid's going to get to play in the World Juniors and he's going to get to play in the Olympics, and same with uh, Vak and I, both of them, that for our first two picks to get that kind of experience this year, yeah. the Boston Bruins probably looked at it also and was like, these kids are going to get to play in big games. And that's what you want. Like Picking these kids, if you took a kid and you didn't think he was going to play in the Olympics this year, mm-hmm. I, I'd be a hard-pressed to pick him because you want them to play in that big stage. That's pressure. You get to see how these kids really uh, really play with the pressure. Uh, m- moving on. To the goalie. Uh, to the goalie, Yes. Uh, the round four selection at 111, goaltender Jeremy Swayman. Uh, he's 6'1", 187 pounds. He plays for the Sioux Falls Stampede, the United States Hockey League. Uh, and he was ranked 12th by NHL Central Scouting for North American goalies. Um, a bit of a reach for me. I But he played on a really bad team. Yeah. Like, really bad team. Like, he had a record of 7-18-3 with a 2.9... Um, goals against average and a .914 save percentage. Yeah, he's he supposedly is uh, well. He's going to be playing for University of Maine. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, you know, goalies don't mature for forever. Almost it seems when you think about it. Well, he'll be very rare to goalie step right in. He'll be one player that I definitely go and take a trip up to Orono, Maine, uh, to watch. Hopefully, a couple times next season. Oh, uh, it's going to be tough for you to have to go to Maine, eh? Yeah, oh, right. Be, sounds terrible. Maine's awesome. I know. <laughs> um, I have to go to Oshawa, and if you know what that is, oh, I know you'd feel bad for me. Trust me, it's I, the I, nickname I... for Oshawa is called the Dirty Schwa. <laughs> the Dirty Schwa. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I, hey, I, I heard Pickering Ajax isn't that much better, so. <laughs> hey, 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 that's where I grew up. Remember? All right. Um, don't don't lump Ajax in with Pickering. Uh, Come on. Well, hey, when you look at it in a map, it's together, even though it's. Like I it. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I watched some video on this kid. I mean, he does have some good attributes. Um, moves around well, but um, still like to see him at another level, definitely at the NCA level to get a proper evaluation. Uh, but I, I liked his attitude. Yeah. Like you saw that video I posted. His yep, attitude I saw that. is yeah, he's very and I can see he's got this. some swag. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So maybe that's, you know, a lot of time like there was a couple guys in the draft this year that they were saying that they, they went down besides the fact that they couldn't skate like that strong kid. Yep. Um it, a lot of them went down in the draft because their interviews were terrible. Yeah. But um, one good thing about um, going to the University of Maine, there has been a plethora of goaltenders, good goaltenders, that have come out of that school. Uh, ben Bishop. Um, God, I'm dating myself, but Garth Snow. Um, Ooh. Yeah. You know, we can never say he was good because what he's done as a GM is just tarnished his whole image. I know. I, I'm talking college career. <laughs> uh, there was, then, I, saw, I saw a thing on tw- uh, Twitter, someone saying like uh, – Oh, you make a bad trade, you're going to uh, get fired. There's, there's no such thing as a GM can last forever. And uh, then it just says, Gar Snow, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know, I mean, I look forward to seeing this kid and what he can do at the uh, development camp this year, too. Um, so, I mean. Which you're going to, so. I am going to be there for the four day event starting July 6th through to the 9th. Um, and if anybody else is going, um, Reach me to, signing uh, autographs. Yeah, I will be signing autographs. I have uh, a reserved uh, media area for myself, which is probably the bathroom. Um, <laughs> wow. My, my my friend Marissa, she works at the um, at Warrior Ice Arena, and she's a wicked, wicked, really nice person that uh, is really helping me out. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk to said, her. You just said wicked. Wicked. <laughs> wicked. Um. With the sixth round pick at 173, uh, the Bruins select center Cedric Paré. Uh, baby he, Bergeron. Baby Bergeron. That's what uh, uh, court is calling him now. Um, he's 6'2", 205 pounds from the St. George Sea Dogs. He played with um, uh, current Bruins prospect uh, Jakobus Borrell. Uh, went all the way to the Memorial Cup uh, last uh, this past season. Um Last season, uh, the big center in his first year with the Sea Dogs team uh, went had yeah, five, five goals, goals. 11 yeah. and six, 16 points. Um, not great totals, but uh, it's his first full season. So I'm and he's a late draft pick. Yeah, and I'm expecting those numbers to go up uh, next season. So. Um, then let me preface to people: the only reason I'm calling him Baby Bergeron is because he looks like him, and he's from—they're from the same place, right? Same hometown. Uh, so maybe there's something in the water that they make Bergerons out of there. <laughs> um, moving on to the seventh round, where the Bruins had two picks, uh, is uh, defenseman Victor Berglund. Uh, he's six oh, 165 pounds. Played for Modo Junior in the Swedish Junior League. Uh, Offensive defenseman. Yep. Uh, he was ranked 109 by NHL Central Scouting for European skaters. Um, 
that really doesn't mean much to me, but, um, and this is also when you, uh, a certain someone in the Boston media tweeted, this was the last pick. And I believe you put, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to call him out. I meant more or less just wanted to give him a heads up that he kind of, you know what I mean? But there was a lot of other, did you, did you read the other tweets? Yeah. No. Oh my God. It's like, you're, I mean, really just going up and down and for making a mistake. Honestly, you cannot make a mistake on Twitter. People no. will eat you up. <laughs> Gotta have thick skin to tweet. <laughs> but uh, Berglund was apparently highly touted by the Bruins European scouts. Yeah, yeah. And was He's demanded super... to be taken. From what uh, I from what I heard yeah. at the at the, uh, when these guys got together to uh, to figure out who they're gonna take. Um, PJ Axelson and his two uh, people under him that do the European scouting for the Bruins. Um, and it's been written down, it's on bostonbruins.com, that PJ slammed his hand on the table demanding that they take this kid. So if, if he sees something, obviously PJ is over there uh, close to these guys, um, then, you know, something's. He's got to have some good attributes to get that out of PJ Axelson, so. Yeah, and apparently this is another guy who could be a steal in yep. the draft. Um, he, he's drafted as a 17-year-old. He's an offensive defenseman with a top priority for uh, European scouts. Um, last season in the Super Elite League, he played. Uh, he got five goals. Nope. Yeah, same guy. Five, mm-hmm. ten, and 15 numbers in 37 games played, so... Um, a bit of an offensive defenseman. I mean, another depth. I mean, a lot of defensemen, and you look at the wave that's coming through, um, it's not a bad idea to load up. Considering um, Nashville got to the Stanley Cup Finals on their defense. Right. Yeah. And, and pretty much that, that, if I'm not mistaken, that defense is pretty much homegrown besides the Subban trade. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, Roman Yossi, Ellis, and all those guys were pretty much through the system. Just proves that if you do it right, you can get places. Oh, uh, and also, as much as everybody hates Sweeney, another GM did a worse trade at the draft. Who was it? When they traded for Jimmy Rutherford, trading a first-round pick for Reeves from St. Louis. Oh, yeah. That puts the Ronaldo trade to shame. Yeah, it does. Puts the Ronaldo trade to shame. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, now... happened, like, it happened at the same time as these picks, so that's why it was in my head. Yeah, so now that, that is crazy return though. Everyone was wondering why Reeves got protected. Now we know. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that is insane return. We should just start shipping out um, the rights to Zach Ronaldo. Yeah, how did we not you get should... a, a second round pick at least for Ronaldo? I know, right? Yeah, there should have been a condition I mean, on that one. Spooner should be worth at least three first round picks now. <laughs> it's based on it's that. It's got to be. Well, no, it must be more. I, I guarantee he has four times the production rate of Reeves. So. Well, you already said Krejci's worth, what, seven? So. Yeah, so <laughs> somewhere in between, around four first-round picks. We'll take it. And with the we'll fun. even throw in Malcolm Subban. <laughs> and, hold on, hold on, hold on. And yeah, Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And Matt Molesky. <laughs> we'll give you four players. Get, all, get rid of all the dead wood. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> The, the last pick in the 2017 draft from uh, the United Center in Chicago was um, at number 204. 
defenseman Daniel uh, Backa. Backa. Backrack. Backack. Backa. Yeah, you said it right. Who catch? Who catch? Who catch? There you go. Static <laughs> comes through, eh? Uh, he's six four, big kid, one eighty five pounds, still growing. Uh, he played his uh for the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL. He's 173rd ranked by NHL Central Scouting and 156th ranked by HockeyProspect.com. The 18-year-old Czech Republic native uh, had a successful international junior career in the Czech League, and the big rangy defenseman took his talents to the WHL with the Wheat Kings, contributed 17 points in 72 games. Um, I, 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 it's a shot in the dark, but... I mean, I, this kid um, reminds me of, uh, oh, who am I thinking of? You shot in the dark if you can't even remember it. Yeah, I know. I had it written down, and I can't find it anywhere. Hey, at least he went to a good organization. The Brandon Weekings is a, it's a good good organization. Oh, it absolutely is. Doesn't Ron Hextall and the Philadelphia Flyers own that or something like that? I'm not too sure. Well, they got their guy in the draft. I think it was. Uh, I think Niedermeyer used to play for them. Scott Niedermeyer back yeah. in the day. Yeah, and and uh, uh, speaking of the draft, not that this kid's gonna be Scott Niedermeyer. Yeah, right. I just found it funny that. Um, and when I called the other kid Baby Bergeron, I didn't mean it by anything about his skill level. Oh. Just he looks like Bergeron. That's all. Are you already getting tweets about it? No, no. <laughs> We haven't even gone live. You no, know, you have to watch what you say sometimes because people can just jump all over and miscue what you said. Right. One of the article photos that came out of that guy looked like it was a flashback to Bergeron's drafting. Yeah. So that was quite creepy because I looked at it and then looked at the title and was like, oh, that's funny. Because I haven't been watching this. I've just been kind of looking through all the announcements. So it was quite quite creepy to see that we should just call him dial tone from G.I. Joe <laughs> yeah call me dead <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for the uh, NHL draft um, one thing I wanted to uh, since we have a couple minutes I, I hope we do anyway um, free agent yeah I wanted to dive into the free agent a little bit uh, and who's available uh, this summer. And do you think the Bruins are going to dive into free agency, trying to find that player that they were trying to trade for before the draft and, and before the um, the expansion draft? I, I They have the money. As of right now, the team has a little over $13 million in cap space, barring well. – they signed Pasternak. Uh, David Pasternak, who's RFA and has uh, rights past uh, the first of July. So yeah. and it, and Ryan Spooner, right, is not traded, right. So and it probably looks like you know Pasternak's going to eat up half of that money. So yeah. So I mean, it, it, from what I'm seeing online and 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 what people are reading is as defense is still a, a, a top priority i i want to see goal scoring but apparently the way that the the it's trending is going, uh, looking for a, another defenseman to add into the mix to try to get him you know that much better but um i i just i, I get to the point that i kind of think to myself like do you really want to overspend 
even though you have the money and the available funds to do something, do you want to overspend for something that's probably not going to work? Or believe in your developing youth and bring them in, um, you know, on, on occasion, not to a full, uh, a full season, but, you know, le- leave a roster spot open, almost like that seventh, seventh player, seventh man, whatever, to, to like, you know, get in the mix a little bit. I, I think the honest way that they're going to find the defenseman is either re-sign Joe Morrow and let him play, or they're going to have to PTO people yeah, and but, just send as many out as possible. But that will go that will go against about what your genius said last week with Tommy Cross. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the Bruins are going to go along that line. They're, they're desperate for a top four minute-eating defenseman. To be fair, I think that's Kevin Miller. I think Kevin Miller's going to play the second pairing with McAvoy. Uh, but that doesn't address the so issue of trying to take on the bottom pairing. Oh. But, but the thing is, then you limit, you limit Krug's five-on-five time but then you up his power play time. And with the way we were getting power plays last year, but I, you give him I, plenty of time. I thought with the adding of McAvoy, that's going to allow Krug to not have to have so much pressure on his shoulders for being offensive and allow him to play the two-way game, which we saw in him last year, and excel and be yeah, but one of our best Who do you play defensive. Krug with? McAvoy. Are you sure that's two guys that like to jump up in the rush? Uh, yeah, because especially for the way that Krug started playing last year, how Krug was playing a more defensive game. So mm. that's what I'm saying. With it, You know, we, we look at it, but when we're talking about the idea of PTOs, I 100% agree with you. And I had some ideas on guys on PTOs and a perfect guy. And it was funny because Rob used him as a guy that possibly trading for would be Mark Strait. Left shot defensive offensive mobile it's been a long time put him on a pto and see yeah. if he can fit in because you never know we could have another brandon carlo come out of nowhere where you could have a guy like lozon or, or um Grezlik. they could make the team yeah so you could give a pto to him because straight's not going to get a million offers and then another guy you the, i would only want to bring in a guy for a year nothing more so you have another yeah. guy like uh, kyle quincy um is another left shot defenseman 31 years old who can actually play and not and not be a, a burden out there and then there's a guy who he's from what i've been watching online is trying his butt off this year to uh go into training camp properly because he's in the last two years he hasn't in which is michael delzato which yeah. you you won't have to pay him a lot of money and you could probably give him a one-year deal because he's got to prove himself again another left shot yep. defenseman that has a little bit of skill so you just need one more year. We just need one more year and possibly have one of these young kids come up. Yeah. The the, the guy who's most likely to make it, I have a... Well, there's two, I think. It's either Grizzly because he fits the mold for the puck-moving defenseman that they want. Um, but then again, you add another Tory Krug to your team where it's a smaller guy and he might struggle against NHL talent. And then you've got, uh, I think, Jakub Zaboral, who's, I think he's the most likely guy that's not in the AHL right now to make the team. And 
again, like, do you do you trust a guy who's been a bit shaky in his junior career to come straight into the NHL? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, but I I like the idea. I know Mark calls him Michael Delzaster, but uh, <laughs> Delzato is a guy that fits the mold and has played top four minutes in his past and can fill in for guys when they're injured. I mean, if no one else jumps on him, signing him to a PTO and maybe a million dollars for one year, it, you just you got to say to the guy, like, look, you want to start your career up, you come here for a year, you prove yourself and then go somewhere else for more money. Yeah. Another, another, um, another player that could be available is Kyle Olsner, and he's gonna be a real attractive. Yeah. So. Right. And they'll want to long term. Right. But he's got a decent, you know, he's got decent money. I mean, right now he's only making two point eight million dollars. So. Yeah, but they were talking about. There's like maybe five and a half, six million for him yeah. from what he's been putting up. So right. that's difficult to do. And especially if he wants like four to six years, Yeah, that's difficult on a team where you've got a lot of ELCs coming through. So, I, I don't know. I, I There's many ways that the Bruins can go about it. I don't think they will go about it anywhere we've talked about it. It's probably going to be something totally crazy. I mean, even if Matt Irwin doesn't re-sign with Nashville, he could come back. Right. Yeah, this is, I mean, you never know. If you look at the list right now, I mean, I, I wouldn't take a chance on Andre Markov, Dan Girardi, Dennis Weidman, um, you know, Bosheman Island, Dale off of that, uh, Kulikov's uh, uh, UFA, Shattenkirk's going to want to get big money somewhere, Michael Stone. Johnny Oduya, Simon Deprez, um, Cody Franzen's up, 29-year-old. He's always had some kind of ties to the Bruins, but uh, we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah. Should, um, be, should be interesting anyway. I mean, that's, I mean, pretty much, uh, you know, once July 1st comes around, it's, that's it for the hockey for the, uh, for the summer, so. Yeah, um, but the Bruins always do interesting stuff, like we never know. Right. This could be college free agents. And I'm really sorry about it stopping. Yeah, it's great right now. Alright. Um, is there anything else you guys want to discuss? Or... I'm good. Alright. Uh, I'm also good. Alright. I just want to take a time because I didn't properly do this last time, but I just really want to thank our Patreons that have donated uh, a little bit of money to help us cut the cost of the operating cost of running the podcast. I said that twice, but. Um, Court, you're the man. Thank you so much. Mike, Hollis Jackson, Beyond the Blade podcast, uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres podcast, they donated to us, so I donated back to them. Anthony Nose, uh, Rhonda McClure, Bruins writer for PinkPuck.com, and today's uh, show sponsor, Sauce Toss. Um, please check this game out. If, you, if you've got the money, I would invest in it. Your family's going to love it. You're going to love it. You'll probably end up divorced, like I'm probably going to be if I keep playing this game every weekend. But it's a great game. I have a lot of fun. Check it out. Check out the website, saucetoss.com. And uh, please follow them on Twitter and Facebook. And if you do get the game, take a picture of it and tell them 
the, the black and gold hockey podcast then. Absolutely. Yeah, that so. would be that would be really cool if you could do that. Tag us. Um, whatever. Uh, it's a great game. I'm actually going to play as soon as I get this uh, re- uh, edited. Go out there for a little, little bar down sauce. And if you do get the game, please sauce responsibly. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening, tuning in to our, our Expansion Draft and Entry Draft Special. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk uh, free agents. Uh, the show is slated for uh, July 2nd, so we have a full 24 hours after the uh, tr- uh, free agency frenzy starts. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, potential moves or if the Bruins made a splash, we'll get into it. So hopefully you come back and tune in next week and... Pretty much winding down to nothing, so it's going to be a long off season, and I look forward to it. I'm also going to be, like I said before, at development camp from July 6th to the 9th at Warrior Ice Arena in uh, Alston, Brighton, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a free event to go to, and um, yeah, it's, it's a great arena, so you, if you have a chance to get down there with family, uh, please do so. And uh, if, I'm, if you see me, come by and say hello. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and take care. tuning in to this week's show you can follow the guys on twitter at black and gold 277 at court lalonde and at rob 40 bruins you can also send us an email to the show's account at black and gold hockey blog at gmail.com